Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading from Joshua. Joshua gathered the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the other officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Long ago your ancestor Terah and his sons Abraham and Nahor lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him with sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But as for me and for my household, we will serve the Lord. The word of the Lord. reading from the 25th chapter of Matthew. Speaking to his disciples, Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmen got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, There will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord.
Grace and peace to you, my friends in Christ. My final exam to become a branch qualified chaplain in the United States Army required a grueling capstone event out in the field. The whole summer was basically devoted to the course leaders preparing us for this test. All 80 of us chaplains and chaplain candidates hiked out to the site where we would conduct these exams, take these tests. We'd have to go through different lanes to be able to test our ability to provide religious care and to advise our commanders, our leaders, on how to do our missions. And everything was graded, and you had to pass everything. And if you failed the first time, you'd get one more chance. Otherwise, they would threaten you and say, we're going to send you home, and you'll be recycled. And there's a few people who got recycled over the summer, to be honest with you. And if you were recycled, that meant that you'd have to go back home, and then they'd send you back at a later date when the course offered those last three weeks of the course to hopefully pass the next time. It was a lot of pressure without much guidance on what to expect. The Army doesn't want to tell you everything. They just want to tell you to be ready for the thing that you aren't going to know what to do. So we had an idea on what some of the lanes were going to be, but we really didn't have any clue on how the scenarios were going to play out and how we were going to be tested. We just were told, be ready. And the first test that happened honestly arrived when we showed up at that base camp. We arrived in our formation and were told to set our packs down. We are going to be doing a layout. Did we have every single item on our packing list? And so Chaplain Reed, one of my friends and peers who was my squad leader, went through and made sure that everybody in our squad, all seven of us in the squad, had each of the items as they would shout it out. He would walk by and make sure he put eyes on every single thing to say, we're good to go. It was a bit of uh, formality. I mean, this, had, this was the 12th week there, so everybody knew what to do at that point. And so as the sergeant first class was yelling out items, Chaplain Reed walked by. Uh, and then at one particular point, he paused as I pointed at the called item, and he said, no, where's your sleeping pad? I told him, Jared, this is my sleeping pad. He said, no, that's not a sleeping pad. That's a bivy cover. And I looked at him, white as a ghost, and said, these were the supplies that were checked out to me, and this is an honest mistake. I thought that I had the right thing. I thought this was my sleeping pad. He's like... That's not an Army-issued sleeping pad. That's an Army-issued bivy cover. And I hate to do this, John, but I have to report up to the chain of command because if the instructors ask again and they come back and find out who let you get through and get away with this, I could be in trouble. I said, Jared, I totally understand. I knew he was just doing what he was assigned to do. I hadn't been there the first four weeks of the summer because I'd done my instructions a couple summers ago. And so when this mistake would have been able to get figured out during those initial layouts that happened this summer, I didn't have the, I didn't have the opportunity to do one of those layouts prior to this capstone. I genuinely believed I had everything on the list. Unfortunately, I didn't. And I didn't have somebody else look over all of my stuff to make sure that I had things exactly right. I realized I also couldn't run back to my room and get the right equipment as we were now off into the field. I was unprepared, and I would accept the consequences. 
even if it meant I would have to get sent home and be recycled. The consequences for being unprepared, according to this parable that we just heard from Jesus, gives me pause. He tells this story in Matthew 25. It's towards the end of his teaching. This is towards the end of the, cha- of the book of Matthew. We know the things that are about to happen. Jesus is about to be arrested and killed. I would imagine for those who are around him, his closest followers and his believers, the ones who believed that he was the Messiah, it was too late to get ready. You know, it was time. The words that he was saying, it was like, hey, guys, are you all in? Because if you're not, you're going to miss out. I think about some of those who, who might not have been fully committed, like Judas or the Pharisees or the Sadducees or some of the chief priests and scribes, some of the people who listened but weren't ready to believe in him. And I think about what was the message and the point of what he was trying to say that day. Susan Hyland is a New Testament professor at Emory, and she had a helpful way of explaining what this parable is all about. She said, the point of this parable is not constant readiness. It's not like I'm wearing my coat like 24-7 because I know winter's coming in Minnesota. She said, it's about thinking of this expression of keep awake. It doesn't imply that the disciples should never sleep, that they have to stand vigil through the ages for Christ's imminent return. In fact, all of the bridesmaids, wise or foolish, are asleep when the shout comes that the bridegroom has arrived. She said the wise and the prudent disciple is the one who is prepared not only for the return of the groom, but also for the delay, to realize that there might be things that slow him down. The wise disciple packs a supply of oil knowing that that weight might be unpredictable. I think we can be forgiven if today here in this church in the year 2023, we wonder what that weight is all about. You know, the first disciples anticipated a day when Jesus was going to come again in their lifetime. It was going to happen. And then after generation after generation passed, they began to ponder if Jesus meant something a little bit different. Honestly, Maybe he's trying to get us to think about how we're living our lives. Highland says, The wise bridesmaids keep the vision of Christ's return and all that it stands for. They do it by being alive in our faithful waiting in the midst of the delay. By preparing for that day, the timing of which no one knows but God, we are proclaiming that God's promises are true and that we act out their hope for the day that God will establish justice and righteousness and peace. What I think Jesus is implying is that this parable is for us as wise bridesmaids to be like what we heard the verses in Joshua. What does Joshua tell the people to do? Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love that message. Joshua says this, and it's got a lot of meaning because this isn't new information to the people. This isn't something that the people are hearing for the first time, thinking, oh, that's a great idea. We should really do that. This is something he's been preaching to them his whole life, and his life is about to come to an end as his journey, much like Moses before him, has come to a near end. Catherine Schifferdecker from Luther Seminary says that this is his way of telling the people to recommit to God, 
Recommit to your faith. Teach it to your children. Live by the covenant that the Lord made with you. We don't need to rely on the faith of our parents or our our grandparents. We ourselves, in each generation, renew that covenant. Now, our parents and grandparents teach it to us, but it's really about how do we take this for ourselves? How do we take that covenant and recommit ourselves to our faith? Recommit to passing it on to generation after generation. You see, our ability to recommit isn't that different than how I encourage the kids to be ready this morning. You know, they have to think about the ways with the Bible or through prayer or through coming to church. These are different ways to be ready. Recommitting to God is about our daily reminders of gratefulness and thanks. Recommitting to God is about our prayers, where we sit and we listen. We absorb the quiet, maybe while washing our hands for 20 to 30 seconds. Maybe we're doing this in ways that we just hadn't really thought about before. Recommitting to God is reading our Bible and participating in church, in worship, in service, and in fellowship with each other. And recommitting to God is not about being perfect and having every last thing figured out. It's about pointing to God and trusting that we're going to make mistakes and God's going to have our back. And I know what you're all thinking. Wow. What happened to Pastor John out in the woods? He's standing in front of us. Something had to have happened. After I failed my packing list examination, I explained my situation to the class leader. And then I moved on with the rest of the events. Nothing seemed to be imminent. And I passed each lane on the first try. Some of them were easier than others. Not everybody passed everything. It was not just a a go. I mean, it was difficult work. It was things that we had to do. But by the end of Capstone, I had an entire sheet with all of these signatures from my instructors after each and every lane saying that I had passed. Every spot on my sheet of paper was filled, except one little space on the bottom. You see, and here's the irony of the trip. I didn't even use most of the things that I had packed. It was too hot for the sleeping bag. And the one item that I got in trouble for not packing was the thing that I slept on as a sleeping pad the whole week anyway. When it was time to turn in our completed sheets, my small group leader, a major who's been in the Army for a hot minute, Major Grace Kim, called me over. You know, she'd been working with me the whole, the whole summer. We knew each other well. And she pointed at the blank space at the bottom of my sheet and said, why are you unprepared? I told her what happened. And she looked and she said, packing the right thing is important. If you are in a deployed environment, you can't just run back and go get something. You need to plan and be prepared. I nodded, because what else could I do? And she grabbed my paper, and she pulled out her pen, and she scribbled her name on it, literally writing her name, Grace, on my sheet of paper. Grace Kim. You think I learned a lesson that day, folks? I was forgiven. 
I was given permission to do the six-mile march back to school at two in the morning. Thanks for that, right? Here's a picture of all of us that morning. I'm like, where am I? Like, I'm hiding behind somebody way in the back. I made it, I promise. My mistake didn't cost me that day, but it definitely showed me the importance of preparation. And if I don't know what something is, it taught me that I need to find out the answer. I got a lesson in recommitting to being ready. Whether that's our hat and our gloves as we prepare for winter, or the ways that we spend time each day talking to God, Jesus is telling us to be ready. Honestly, folks, turn to God and everything else falls into place. God's righteousness given for you on the cross by Jesus. Hmm. That has the the word grace written all over that one too. (laughs) Thanks be to God for that. 